from MPB Think Radio, this is Creature Comforts. It's the show all about your animals and the animals around you. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Troy Major, veterinarian at the Animal Medical Center in Jackson, and Libby Hartfield, retired director of the Mississippi Museum of Natural Science. Today in studio, we have friend of the show, Dr. Dr. Kathy Shropshire, wildlife biologist and former executive director of the Mississippi Wildlife Federation. She's here to tell us about the upcoming Great Delta Bear Affair, its origins, the event itself, and the importance it has to the Rolling Fork area. We'll also talk about the state of bear here in Mississippi. Dr. Major's on hand, ready to answer your pet questions. So you can join our conversation this morning with a phone call, 1-877-MPB-RING. It's 1-877-672-7464. Or email the show, animals at mpbonline.org. This is Creature Comforts from MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Creature Comforts on MPB Think Radio. It's the show all about your animals and the animals around you. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Troy Major, veterinarian at the Animal Medical Center in Jackson, and Libby Hartfield is retired director of the Mississippi Museum of Natural Science. Today in studio, we have a friend of the show, Dr. Kathy Shropshire, wildlife biologist and former executive director of the Mississippi Wildlife Federation. She's here to tell us about the upcoming Great Delta Bear Affair. We'll talk about the origins, the event itself, and the importance it is uh, in the Rolling Fork area. Also, we'll talk about the state of bears here in Mississippi. Dr. Major is here, ready to answer your pet questions, so if you'd like to join our conversation this morning, give us a phone call. The number's 1-877-MPB-RING. It's one 672 7464 Send an email to animals at mpbonline.org. Always like to remind you that if you miss a part of Creature Comforts on a Thursday, it repeats Saturday mornings at 6. So good morning. Hope that everyone is doing well this morning. Good morning. Good, good morning. Uh, everyone enjoying this uh, spate of uh, cool, uh, cold, I guess, in the morning, but cool mm-hmm. weather uh, that we're having, I hope. Oh, and I love being able to sleep with the windows open. <laughs> <laughs> Nice it's a uh, cool evening. It is officially, though, I, I said this earlier on the air, it's officially a cold weather when I, I check the temperature every morning because I like to walk at the park. And the, the last two times, uh, Siri has given me an official brr. So <laughs> that means it's cold in my book. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, so, Dr. Major, good to have you back on the program. I, I understand that uh, a p- part of the time you were out, you, you went overseas. If you would maybe tell us a little bit about your trip. It was an interesting trip. Uh, uh, Sabra. My my wife's a dermatologist, and uh, we had gone to uh, Nigeria as part of a program that University Medical Center has uh, working with, trying to establish some uh, clinical teaching uh, dermatology in Nigeria. I was not aware of how large Nigeria is, population-wise, 160 million people, and uh, it's it's bustling. Uh, they seem to have a fairly robust economy, especially in Lagos, and we went to a smaller area. But it was it was good. I, I mentioned to the people, and this is something I always watch when I'm in a country and not home, uh, you always look for dogs, you know, just to see what the dogs look like. I did not see a single dog on the street at all in, in Nigeria. That may have just been a fluke, uh, but uh, – they do have dogs, I'm sure, as protection-type dogs. We saw one dog in the airport, and that was, that was it. It was thought it was a little bit strange, but uh, 
very friendly country, and uh, we had uh, good reception. And uh, I think the University Medical Center is is working uh, to help uh, the country there. All right. Glad to have you back with us. Uh, so if you have a pet question for Dr. Major, you can give us a call this morning at one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. 672 So, uh, Libby, uh, any events coming up uh, at the museum that uh, we need to be aware of? They are getting ready for the park after dark, which mm-hmm. um, comes up real quick. So you check your calendars and get online and look at that. And it's another chance. I think we talked about how everybody's got these cool costumes now for Halloween so it's another chance to wear your costume and have a little fun. I'm going to be participating in a tennis uh, tournament the weekend of Halloween and there's a costume contest that goes along with it and I was a bit confused as like do you want us to play tennis in our costume A or B after we get all sweaty playing tennis change into a costume neither which uh, seemed too uh, too much fun to me but okay. I might uh, try to So do you have a costume? I, I do have one that I think I could you know I've, it's been several years since I've I've worn it so I'm not sure if all the pieces uh, the other thing <laughs> I, I must say it's it's sort of a rednecky kind of thing so it's a it had this big fake large stomach but the the more i had it the older i got the less i actually needed to augment uh, what i have naturally so i'm maybe just a little bit reluctant to try that one on anymore. it doesn't sound like the right thing to play tennis you better just take it to park after dark yeah uh we got a couple of emails and one of them uh is uh someone did a good job of sending in a picture so tell us what that one's well, about sally sent us a picture from oxford from her yard and it's a rose-breasted grosbeak that and she took the picture, she said, last April or May. They're wonderful birds, and, you know, I've I've, I've missed work before when I had one on my feet, or, <laughs> or at least went in late. Uh, they're fantastic, and she got really a good picture of a, a male rose-breasted grosbeak. It's a, a fun bird to watch. Next week, we'll, uh, Chris King will be our guest on the show to talk about fall and winter birding. All right. This is also an email from uh, Georgia and Hattiesburg. Um, we have a great view of a large dead pine tree in our neighbor's property. This summer, red-headed woodpeckers raised two broods in their nest in this tree. The first brood had four young, and the second had two. We loved hearing them uh, drum and loved hearing the calls. About two weeks ago, the redheads seemed to be gone, and we really miss watching them and hearing them. This is the first year we've kept suet available all summer. The redheads visited it all the time. We think this might have attracted them. Apparently, a pair of peleated woodpeckers, who must be HDD Phoebe fans, uh, began enlarging the entrance hole. They worked on that for about three days until they could get inside. Uh, then they began remodeling inside. We can hear them working inside, and then we watch to see them peeking out. This is the first year we've kept suet available all summer. The redheads visited it all the time. We think that this may have attracted them. Uh, we didn't see the Peleated visits, uh, but now that the sun is more in the south, the nest hole isn't receiving much direct sunlight. Uh, but uh, she uh, sent a photo, and it's interesting. You can just barely see uh, the, the red from the woodpecker there, but another great shot. And again, I'd uh, like to remind you that if, uh, if you see something in your yard or when you're out and about and uh, want us to help you identify it, uh, a picture is always good. And again, most of us have smartphones, and the cameras and smartphones have gotten so much better that if you snap a quick picture... Uh, that'll really help uh, the folks in the know uh, when they try to identify it if you uh, email it in to us. The redhead really shows up in the yeah, picture. Yes, it is. beautiful. As I mentioned, our guest is Dr. Kathy Shropshire. She's going to be telling us about the uh, Great Delta Bear Affair. Kathy, good to have you back on the program with us. Thank you. It's always fun to be here. Um, tell us a little bit, if you would, about your background. 
Oh, goodness. Let's see. Uh, I work for the Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks in the Natural Science Museum and also in the Game Division. I retired from there in 2001 and then went to the uh, Mississippi Wildlife Federation, where I was executive director for uh, nearly 12 years. Uh, What is the mission of the Wildlife Federation? Oh, it's to um, in, um, protect our natural resources for future generations. Basically, it's a you know it's a watchdog group that watches legislation, that watches what's going on, and and tries to make sure that we have a heritage left for our children. And also, one other interesting thing about you you uh, you portray Fanny Cook, the founder of the <laughs> Mississippi Museum of Natural Science, in like a one woman show. Tell I us a little do. bit about yeah, that. Yeah, that's if you would. fun. It's great to try to get. Um, Fanny's story out. A lot of people do not know about her, and hopefully now with the new book coming out, Libby will be involved with that since she edited the book. It will be out in December, and um, we're trying to just make more awareness of Miss Cook and her um, contributions to conservation in Mississippi. She did that at a time, well, she started before she even had the right to vote. So, which, you know, she came up and, and was spearheaded the creation of the Mississippi Game and Fish Commission as well as the Natural Science Museum, did the first major statewide plant and animal survey of the state. So she was a a real pioneer in in the state of Mississippi. Tell us a little bit about, uh, to me, it's it's fascinating, a a one-person show. (laughs) Uh, The the challenges, I guess you had to do a lot of research and and try to get into character. Tell us a little bit about that experience. Well, yeah, uh, fortunately I had some of, they were working on the book already, so I had access to some of that, and then I had to do some research on my own. And I just tried to become Miss Fanny and mm-hmm. think like she would and what were the what were the points that I wanted to get out about about my life you know what what, what were the important things to me and I I really I know this sounds crazy but you really have to be that person mm-hmm. and and when you're trying to memorize 30 minutes worth of information it's not Kathy doing that <laughs> it's Fanny and so when you you kind of start thinking of it that way as being this is my story this is not Kathy telling somebody's story. This is my story that I'm telling. Mm-hmm. Then it, you, it it helps. <laughs> it helped me anyway. And, it, you know, you just tried to figure out what were the high points of of, um, of her life and try to get that across. Because people have kind of short attention spans, too. <laughs> so you can't do this for a long time. <laughs> uh, do you have any upcoming performances? Oh, well, <laughs> just had one Tuesday. I just had one Tuesday in, in Rolling Fork, as a matter of fact, for the Lower Delta Partnership Talks. And um, Saturday night, I'm supposed to be Miss Fanny in the Crystal Spring Cemetery. So. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's going to be new for me. Um, so, yeah, now she's going to be dead Fanny. Re- re- come back. Re- come back again. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't yeah. quite figured out how that's going to work, but we'll, uh, we'll do something. And then with the um, in association with the book, I'll be joining Libby and uh, Marion Barnwell on their, some of their tours of um, selling the books. And um, see, the first performance is in Hattiesburg. Is that the? Let's see. Yeah, there's the four, a December, December one, December fourth. I mm-hmm. think we're in Hattiesburg, and yeah, we'll talk about it more. Yeah, yeah get, as we get closer. Yeah, we but get then close, also, yeah. but all through January and really on into mm-hmm. March. <laughs> so. Yeah, we've got lots of. That that sounds like a fun way to really uh, kind of juice up sort of a book tour to have you have you oh, go along it, with it. it. Yes, it's much more fun, <laughs> and people will. It's mesmerizing. When she comes out as as Fanny Cook, it's just really, I don't know, there's something, it's it's much easier to sit there and listen. 30 minutes goes by very, very quickly. Well, you know, it, I think it makes it real, too. And people, it just, you know, I'm I'm really watching people's expressions when I'm doing that. And they're just fascinated. They have no idea that 
this person existed in Mississippi. And I think they end up being very proud of having had her as as their conservation person in Mississippi. And, you know, I think much like we talk a lot of times about the museum and the way that they uh, disseminate information in a fun sort of way, this would, to me, would be much more engaging than if you were to do a 30-minute lecture. Right, and to, and oftentimes people think that's what it is. Even though we say it's a portrayal, they'll think it's it's a presentation and I just happen to have those clothes on. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's really, I'd really do become Fanny, I guess. It's a great costume. And I guess... The museum is what gave you the impetus. It was Nicole's suggestion. Right, right. The museum. Um, Nicole um, Smith at the museum asked me if I could do this, and I stupidly said, sure, I can do that. No problem. (laughs) Uh, We need to take a quick break. When we get back, we'll continue our discussion. We're going to be talking about the Great Delta Bear Affair and about bear in general. Also, Dr. Major here, ready to take some pet questions. The phone lines are open, so join in this morning at 1-877-MPB-RING. Our phone number is one 877 672-7464. We'll be back with more after this. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Creature Comforts on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Troy Major, veterinarian at the Animal Medical Center in Jackson, and Libby Hartfield, retired director of the Mississippi Museum of Natural Science. We're visiting today with uh, Kathy Shropshire, wildlife biologist and former executive director of the Mississippi Wildlife Federation. We're going to be talking about the Great Delta Bear Affair and a little bit about a bear in Mississippi as well. We've got some open phone lines, so if you'd like to join in the conversation, please feel free to give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven. Six seven two seven four six four. And just a personal note: uh, my cat had his checkup, <laughs> annual checkup, uh, last week. Uh, go to Doctor Major's clinic to do that, and uh, always uh, very friendly folks there. Got a good checkup. He's uh, doing quite well. Uh, still having a little bit of flea problem, so I'm going to continue working on that. But he was healthy, and uh, he seems to be fairly well behaved when he goes there. Although he. <laughs> This time he did jump off the examining table and sort of made a dash for the door, but we were able to corner him. And uh, and also the fact that, you know, he does so well because I think they gave him three shots and checked his temperature and that sort of thing So and clipped his nails. So uh, he had a, a, a full workover and, uh, like I said, uh, passed with flying colors. And like I said, folks there, very, very friendly, and, and I get great, uh, um, you know, service for my, my cat. So I would... Uh, um, encourage anyone that if you have a pet that you need a vet for to uh, think about Dr. Major. And he did not pay me for that. That's a totally unsolicited uh, thing, but enjoy going there. And as I say, get great care for my cat. He was ready to get out of there. Yes, sir. <laughs> get home and probably slept the rest of the day. And I think as they were leaving, they said, well, you, you better hurry up and get him out of here. There's a big dog that's about to come in. So we, we hustled on out of there. So. Um, so, um, Kathy, we're going to be talking about the, the Great Delta Bear Affair. Uh, when does it take place? Uh, well, um, the, the festival itself is Saturday, um, October 28th, uh, from 9 until dark when we have a fireworks display, which is always fascinating. It's wonderful. It's, you know, for, for Rolling Fork and for the Delta, it's a great little event. Um, but prior to that, we were all, we're doing an event. We go to the, um, 
Children's Hospital. Um, we have a Teddy Roosevelt bear, and Teddy Roosevelt himself will go to the Children's Hospital to hand out teddy bears that the um, students in Rolling Fork raise money to, for the teddy bears. And then we have a patron party on Thursday night to help raise a little money for this. And then Friday we have Education Day where we have 491 fourth graders coming oh, wow. to Rolling Fork <laughs> to learn about natural resources. And then we top it off with the festival on Saturday. And again, it is based on the famous story about Teddy Roosevelt. Right. In um, 2002, the Bear Group at the time decided that was just too good of an anniversary not to um, recognize because the event where Teddy Roosevelt came to the Mississippi Delta was in 1902. He refused to to shoot the bear, and that led to the creation of the teddy bear. And so we felt like this was a great opportunity to um, celebrate that and to get more information out about the Delta's natural resources and particularly about black bears. And, um, and you can go to the actual site. You can, yeah, we've got the, there's yeah right in there Delta National Forest uh, yeah. in Delta National Forest. There's a site where you can you know read all about it. <laughs> and um, so Roland Fork was the closest community of any size to the site of the uh, the bear hunt, and they just embraced this um, event and have made it their own, and we've now been doing it for what, 16, 17 years now. And so is the, the, I guess the kernel of the story is true. Has it been embellished over the years, or is the story that we hear today pretty much accurately of what happened back then? Uh, well, you know, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think there's been enough research done now that, that, you know, they know that Teddy Roosevelt went out there to hunt. He had a guide, Holt Collier, which we have a Holt, Holt Collier who is also at our event. And very few people get to have Holt Collier be there as well. Um, and uh, so he, Teddy Roosevelt went out and he got tired or whatever and decided he was missing out on the bear hunt. And he left where Holt had told him to stay, and sure enough, Holt runs a bear by where he was supposed to be, and he didn't catch the bear. So Holt goes out and gets a bear for him and and ties him to a tree, and Teddy Roosevelt refuses to shoot the bear under those circumstances. So um, that led to a cartoon drawing the line in Mississippi, and a teddy bear, um, a a toy maker, Mm -hmm. saw that and asked, Teddy Roosevelt, if it would be okay to call his bears teddy bears. And he said, well, sure. I don't think that will help you any, but if you want to, that's okay. And well, how, how wrong was he That's right. That? Oh, little did he know. <laughs> little did he know. Is- oh, I guess the one change yeah. that they made is that the cartoonist drew the bear as a little, oh, yeah. almost yeah. like a cub, mm-hmm. right? when actually it was a big old bear. Okay. Yeah, it was so I guess that, that, that probably part. looked better <laughs> in a cartoon. <laughs> and so and it, probably that was the success of the teddy bears, that they made it and, I, and I do bear. have to just yeah. tell you this. My husband and I were out mm-hmm. in North Dakota this summer, and we went by Teddy Roosevelt National Park. And in their exhibit hall, <clears throat> they said there is still con- controversy about where the bear hunt took place, if it was in Mississippi or Louisiana. We were quite offended by that. <laughs> <laughs> because there are pictures. You can stop at the Onward store on the way to Rolling yeah. Fork and see the, the pictures right. from the hunt. Right. Yeah. So. Well, that's cool that uh, Mississippi has that connection to something as iconic as a teddy bear. Right, so, right. Uh, we're going to be talking about the, the other events going on in connection with the Great Delta Bear Fair throughout the hour. But we do have a caller on the line, and it's uh, Terry in Memphis. Looks like a, a dog question for Dr. Major. Terry, go ahead, please. Yes, I was wanting to find out. Um, my dog has been sneezing and snorting for the last four months, and I have gone to two different veterinarians. <laughs> And they have both given me different antihistamines or um, 
I guess it's antihistamines, and neither one has worked. And now they're saying that they would have to intubate her and do surgery to check up into her sinus cavities or pharynx, and it could be from 600 to $1,000. Wow. And I was wondering if you had any other alternative. It's a good question, and I guess the real question is, let me ask a few questions first. What kind of dog is this? Is a multi-poo. Multi-poo, okay. And the primary thing that she's doing is sneezing, right? Yes. And how old is she? Nine. Nine years old. You know, certainly there could be an endoscopic exam done without uh, having to do surgery to be sure there's no growth or uh, obstruction in her nose. Uh, obviously, the antihistamines have not worked. And uh, you said endoscopic, right? A uh, endoscope, uh, small endoscope, endoscope, can be introduced into the nose, uh, and uh, the person that's doing it can look and see, uh, you know, okay. what might be there if there's an obstruction. Okay. Or Would they have to in- intubate her. I'd be it's probably be Im- be impossible to do this with an awake dog. They, she would have to be sedated and probably intubated. Uh, and by sedating her, they could also give a thorough exam, you know, of the throat and pharynx. I I don't know why they would suggest surgery, you know, unless they knew what was there. So I would right. think... Do, I, can they do any kind of an x-ray? Certainly they can. Certainly they can. Uh, if you're looking, and I say this, I don't have any stock in the uh, business, but I would suggest maybe uh, asking them to refer you to a specialist. Uh, MedVet Memphis has some excellent doctors, internal medicine and surgical doctors, as well as oncologists. And uh, I believe uh, you should be able to get a referral if you wanted to pursue that and have them check her out. Okay. And where is MedVet located? Uh, it's in Colliersville, I believe. Colliersville. Okay. Uh, it's it's not that far outside of Memphis. Okay. Right. Right. And okay. good luck to you. Let us know if you okay. uh, can find I appreciate out. Appreciate all the help. Well, she's I, like I, my little baby. I can't <laughs> I can't lose her over some some sneezing. So no, I understand. I to see if there's another option. And I understand. I appreciate you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks, Terry, for your call. This is Creature Comforts on MPB Think Radio. We've got some open phone lines uh, for any pet questions. We're also talking about bear and the Great Delta Bear Affair this morning. The phone number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can always send an email to animals at mpbonline.org. So, Kathy, tell us some of the other things going on in connection with the event. Okay. Well, y'all are talking about costumes, and we ha- this year we have a 5K run that starts at 9 o'clock, which is a costume run. So you can <laughs> wear your costume again and, come run, and run, and, and it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. And it's, you know, it's around town, so it's a, it's a great little run and children's run and so forth. And then we kick off the event with the Bolton Family Gospel Choir, living out of your backyard yes. there. And we have um, archaeological mound tours that will be going on at 10 o'clock and also again at 2 o'clock. Uh, we have Tanaya. We have Shriners, Clowns. We've got a Chuck Burger eating contest. Mm-hmm. Chuck, Chuck's Dairy Bar is there in <laughs> Rolling Fork and they provide the, the Chuck Burgers for this event, which is a lot of fun. This is, I think, the second, maybe third year we've done that. We have Tim Johnson as Elvis. He's always a, a good, people love him. He just does such a great job. 
Um, then we have um, Terry Vander Vender with the Snakes of Mississippi. Again, mm-hmm. everybody loves that, and and we do want this to be, uh, you know, some focus on natural um, history. And so we've got um, the Bear Group will have a booth there that will can talk to people about bear sightings and what's going on with what people need to know about black bears. And then we have, um, let's see. Uh, Keith Johnson and Big Muddy Band. We have Otis Redding the Third. He's sort of our 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 um, highlight this year, and he will be at three o'clock. And then we have Jeff Bates, and then we have we finish off with the Greyhounds, which is a lot of the local people who uh, always send us off into the fireworks <laughs> with <laughs> with their music. So it's a full day event, and we have arts and crafts and lots of good food and. Uh, a good carnival, you know, um, festival. And so the Rolling Fork is a beautiful little town. Yeah, it is, so and it's you a know, great the, the, you're right. And the the community has just embraced this. I mean, every year it's like y'all, you know, we're, we're going to do this again. Sure, we're going to do it again. Why would we not do it again? It's, it really is. You know, it 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 helps that community, and it helps um, highlight uh, the natural sources of the of the community. And it really has, I think, helped you know raise awareness about black bears and and what's going on. Uh, so for those of us who aren't uh, up too good on Delta geography, uh, where, where is Rolling Fork? It's about 45 minutes north of Vicksburg okay. on Highway 61. I mean, directly on Highway 61. So if you're going up Highway 61, you will see signs and direct you back um, to the le- uh, well to the west, depending on which way you're coming, um, to downtown Rolling Fork. So everything is set up around the uh, courthouse square. Okay. And is there like a website of, or a Facebook sure, page or something sure, for yeah, folks? The Lower Delta Partnership website okay. has that information on there. But, All right. Mm-hmm. Very good. Yep. Got another pet question on the line, and so we'll talk with Gwen from Tupelo. Good morning, Gwen. Go ahead. Uh, good morning. Um, I have a problem with our cat. She has been experiencing diarrhea on and off for the last six months. She's getting pretty nutritious food. We started off with science diet, but she didn't care for it. We slowly switched her to MaxCat. So she's not getting junk food. It's just that every couple of weeks, it seems she has diarrhea again. And while we had her still tested, they didn't find anything. So I don't think it's good for her. And she isn't skinny. She's a chubby little thing. (laughs) But something's wrong. I would say, you know, certainly food could be an issue uh, causing this. It doesn't sound like she's got uh, what we would call irritable bowel disease in the cat, which can be, you know, constant diarrhea. Uh, has she? Have you tried any of the uh, probiotics, in other words, the uh, good bacteria, uh, that sort of thing? No. Um I, Any I'll, other probiotics? Or is there a specific I'll, one I should be looking for? Or do I right. need to go to the vet for I would, it? I would ask your vet about that, trying to do that. Uh, and certainly, if they haven't done it, it may require maybe a, a barium series. I know that gets to be expensive. At the same time, she doesn't need to continue having this uh, uh, diarrhea situation. Uh, and it may be as simple as finding the right food. Uh it it has worked in some some cats. Uh, I can think of several that we've switched to a different food and and they have done well. But uh, I I would consult with your veterinarian about that simply because it it could get to be a serious problem, especially if she continues on constantly. Okay. Okay. 
Oh. Um, am I looking for anything specific in the food? Probably there could be food that she has an allergy to. Uh, I would say uh, usually uh, the uh, foods that most of the cats are totally meat-based uh, as opposed to foods that have a lot of vegetables or anything like that. Uh, I don't know if she gets any treats. Uh, no. You, well, <laughs> She's so bad. <laughs> okay, she doesn't need any treats. But right. uh, I, w- I would consult again, and sometimes even if, uh, you know, if you have to, a second opinion might might help you with this, okay? All right, uh, Gwen, thanks for your call. This is Creature Comforts on MPB Think Radio, and we need to take another quick break. When we get back, got a couple calls on the line, and we've got some open phone lines as well. So if you'd like to join the conversation, the phone number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 Back with more Creature Comforts after this. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Creature Comforts on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Troy Major, veterinarian at the Animal Medical Center in Jackson, and Libby Hartfield, retired director of the Mississippi Museum of Natural Science. We're visiting today with uh, Kathy Shropshire, wildlife biologist and former executive director of the Mississippi Wildlife Federation. We've been talking about the Great Delta Bear Affair that's coming up in Rolling Fork and also a bit about bear in general. Uh, before we go to the phone lines, though, uh, Libby, you had some uh, you wanted to uh, follow up on some things we talked about earlier. Park After Dark is October the 27th from 6 o'clock to 8.30 p.m. that night. So it will be the Friday before Great Delta Bear Fair. So you okay. can just wear your costume both places, <laughs> I guess. And uh, it's it's the, the Mississippi Museum of Natural Science and the Children's Museum. Okay. They're kind of there, Halloween some candy involved. There's, a, there's fun and learning, and it's a great place for the whole family to go. And But it's not a scary kind of event. You know, it's it's great for small kids. Uh, there is some science fun connected, you know, bats and spiders and mm-hmm. all those kinds of <laughs> creepy crawly things involved with it. So it's, it's a great place to go for Halloween. And it is the 27th, so a week from tomorrow night. Okay. And then Delta Bear Fair would be the Saturday mm-hmm. after, yeah. All right. Uh, back to the phone lines we go. Joey's called in from Tremont this morning. Good morning, Joey. Go ahead. Good morning to all y'all. Good morning. I have a question for Dr. Majors. Okay. Yes. Uh, I have a dachshund that's born in February. And I say that he is considered an adult dog. My lady friend says he is still a puppy. <laughs> I would like Dr. Major to resolve this because the loser takes the others out for sake. <laughs> well, it's a win all the way around, it sounds like. Uh, okay, here's the thing. You look, so this dog is about six months old, is that correct? Uh, born in February, that'd be two, ten, yeah. eight months. Yeah, eight months. Both of you are probably right. He still probably acts like a puppy. But uh, somewhere between eight, I'd say between eight to ten months, uh, he would probably have reached his maximum growth unless he gets obese or overweight. Uh, so that's kind of a borderline thing. I hate to take sides on this. But uh, I, I think I think y'all should have a mutual understanding that he's close to being an adult. And uh, 
I I have arguments with my wife, not arguments, but disagreements with my wife about cats and uh, age and all this. And she was saying this six-month-old kitten that that we have, kitten, cat, he weighs about 11 pounds already, so he's huge. In fact, he may be that Black Panther that they spotted. (laughs) But uh, anyway, he... I, I think he's like a grown cat, but any cat that's 11 pounds probably should uh, be considered an adult, but he's still only six months old. So y'all are, be all right to start feeding my adult food? <laughs> I, I would say that probably within the next two months, yes. Okay? All right. Well, I thank you for knowledge dissemination. All right. Well, I hope that helps. Uh, <laughs> all right. Take care. Thanks, Joey, for the phone call. Let's move on next. We've got uh, Ruffin in Columbus. Good morning. Go ahead, please. Yes, uh, I have a question about a, a very small dog. He's a terrier, a Yorkshire terrier. Um, he goes, I let him out. He's an inside dog. I let him out. He goes out and he plays. You do as the bathroom, whatever have to do. And he comes back in and he walks around a little bit and he just falls out on the floor and he just goes limp for a little while. And you pick him up and lay him down for a little while and he gets back up. He's okay. Is this constant? I mean, does he do it often? Does he do this often? Not not all the time, but just just when he gets excited, I guess when he gets kind of excited, you know, if I play with him a little bit, okay. he'll just lay down and he just just fall out. So he goes limp, but he, it's not a seizure. He's not shaking. No, it's not. His eyes is open. Okay. He's just limp. Just, you can well, pick him up. He's just limp. Things I would think about, and how how much does he weigh? Uh, probably about a pound or two. Yeah, I I would be concerned about several things. One could be hypoglycemia, uh, low blood sugar. Uh, it's possible mm-hmm. if he's that small. How old is he? He's about 11 years old. Okay, and he's that small. I would be concerned still about hypoglycemia. The other thing would be some sort of heart issue that uh, might cause him to have almost like a faint type situation. So your vet needs to check him out and... Uh, Try to come up okay. with a solution on that, okay? All right. Thank All right. you very much, sir. Thanks for the call, Ruffin. Let's get one more call in here, and we go to Tom, who's called in from the road this morning. Good morning, Tom. Go ahead. <coughs> Good morning. Uh, I have a four-plus-year-old German Shepherd. He has uh, a persistent or a chronic rash uh, down his back. He chews at it. He scratches at it. Uh, he's been to the vet uh, two or three times over it. Uh, she gives him a chemical bath. She describes it as, and uh, uh, soaks him up and puts him in a, a cage for about an hour and then uh, rinses him off. That helps for a day or so. But then back to the same old, same old thing. Yes, sir. Any suggestions? Have we tried any medication at all, as far as oral or shots? Uh, she's given us some pills. Uh, my wife takes care of medicating him, so I can't tell you right. exactly what it is. Right. But it does not seem to have any effect. Okay. It sounds like he's got a severe uh, allergy-type situation, maybe with a fungal. If he's licking and chewing a lot, it may have a yeast or fungal element to it. Uh, Sounds like the bath helps for a day or two, and then it's not helping anymore. 
I'm sure you've probably tried some different foods. It may be, though, that uh, he has to be on some medication. One of those is Apoquil, uh, which works very well. Some of the vets would uh, recommend steroids. I'm not sure what you've been getting or giving. Uh, I would discuss this, and uh, it sounds like it may have to be a long-term treatment-type thing, uh, especially if there's infection going on with that. So uh, without seeing him, it's going to be difficult for me to tell you exactly, but I would pursue it further because this needs to stop before he permanently damages the skin. And uh, good luck to you, and uh, maybe call back if you come up with a solution and let us know. All right, Tom, good to hear from you. We've got some open phone lines on Creature Comfort, so if you'd like to call in, the phone number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. We're visiting today with wildlife biologist Kathy Shropshire. Kathy, how would you describe the uh, health of the bear population in Mississippi? Growing. <laughs> I was just in a bear meeting last week, as a matter of fact, and um, – Many moons ago, when I was involved with um, bear research in Mississippi, you know, we said we had maybe 50 bears in the state. And now, just 20 years later, they're they're estimating about 150. So okay. it's still not huge, but it's certainly a um, growing population. And we're, start, we're now seeing um, cubs born in Mississippi, which we didn't for about 100 years. And so, you know, it's, it seems like there's a healthy population that's, that's continuing to grow. And uh, where are the hot spots? Where would we most be likely to see see them? Um, along the Mississippi River, um, and then, then again down in um, around the Pascagoula River, mm-hmm. or down in those six lower counties down there. Anywhere you know, long um, rivers, streams where they have some protection, some place to hide. There, they don't like to be out and about too much. So they, that's what's one of the reasons they were still in the Delta for years afterwards. Is was, there was a lot of places to hide along rivers and streams and those kinds of things. So th- those are the places. So you don't get to see them very often, <laughs> but they are there. And uh, what type? Of, what type of bear do we have here? They're black bears, okay. right? They only have one kind, and we have a couple of different subspecies. But you know, to anybody just looking at a bear in the woods, they're all going to look the same. And how would uh, how would a black bear compare to say a grizzly bear? They're much smaller. Um, you know, I guess in Mississippi, they're, you know, maybe the largest are around 400 pounds. And grizzlies, of course, get up to, you know, 1,000 pounds or something. Grizzlies usually are darker brown. Black bears can be brown, but we just haven't seen that happen in Mississippi. Um, I'm sure it could. There's no reason it couldn't. We just haven't seen that in Mississippi. So if it's black, you know, if you see that. And, and often, if, you know, depending on light, whatever, a bear and a, and a, a wild hog can look very similar. So mm-hmm. when you're out there, you need to be careful. You make sure you know what you're looking at because they can, under the right conditions, if you're not careful, those two things can look a lot alike. We need to take one final break this hour. When we get back, we'll wrap up things. We've been talking throughout the hour with Kathy Shropshire about the Great Delta Bear Affair and about bear in general. We've also been taking some pet questions. Uh, This is Creature Comforts on MPB Think Radio. An evening of jazz can be just what the doctor ordered. Join me, Meredith Michelle, with WJSU's Evening Jazz, 7 to 10 weeknights on MPB Music Radio. 
Welcome back. This is Creature Comforts on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Troy Major, veterinarian at the Animal Medical Center in Jackson, and Libby Hartfield, Libby Hartfield, retired director of the Mississippi Museum of Natural Science. We're visiting today with Kathy Shropshire, wildlife biologist. She's been telling us a lot about the Great Delta Bear Affair, and also we've been talking a bit about bear in general. Taking a lot of pet questions as well, and we've got another dog question on the line, and it comes from Darlene in Mobile. Good morning, Darlene. Good morning. Go ahead. All right. I have a Boston Terrier, male, two and a half years old, and the vet's always telling me I need to have him uh, neutered because it causes cancer if he's not. Okay. And And then my next question is that he needs a knee replacement. Being a Boston Terrier, you know, the big carriers of the bad knee. Right. Now, and he also suggested having those two surgeries at the same time because it's a little cheaper. But (laughs) I don't want to do that if it's, you know, one of them should be enough at one time, I would think. Right. Uh, And, you know, there's a big controversy about neutering to not to neuter. And, of course, your adoption groups and the rescue groups, they don't want dogs going out and procreating, uh, so they they have started trying to neuter dogs at ten, twelve yeah. weeks of age, which I think is too young, in my opinion. But that's that's a different story. It's 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 an optional thing that uh, you're faced with, and my suggestion would be to take care of the knee. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh yes, we've got uh, to do that. You take take care of the knee. One of the main reasons that people will neuter dogs is because uh, male dogs is because they tend to start marking their territory and hiking their leg in the house, which uh, if neutered early enough, they usually don't develop that uh, that characteristic. Uh, but there are uh, there is, as I said, a controversy among veterinarians and others about the need to absolutely neuter male dogs, but uh, that remains to be more of a personal decision for you. Okay. Right, uh, and he replaced. Get, um, get it the seems ne- to run in the family. <laughs> get that get that knee taken care of, okay? All right, Darlene, thanks for your call. This is Creature Comforts on MPB Think Radio. Uh, let's stay on the phone lines. We've got next uh, Megan, who's called in from Jackson. Good morning, Megan. Good morning. Go ahead. I have a... She's about 16-pound Jack Russell terrorist mix. <laughs> I like and, that. Uh, <laughs> and she, is, she injured her back about a week ago okay. and is now partially paralyzed. It seems like that she's working on getting her feeling back, but I know we're in for the long haul. How much do I need to restrict her movement during this yes. phase where she's getting better? Okay, let me give you my opinion based on past experience, not having seen her, but right. can she stand at all now? She's trying, okay. but she's wobbly. Okay, and I'm sure your vet probably has put her on steroids. Yes, sir. Uh, and I would say a very strict, uh, uh, restrict activity very, very much. I okay. also recommend, and, he, and they may have recommended this, is actually tub soaks. Uh, okay. Putting her in a tub, making her buoyant. Okay. Uh, have to be there with her, of course, but right. massage and just kind of let her bounce along in the water. That seems okay. to help in a lot of cases. She may recover fully. On the other hand, there may, as you say, there may be uh, some problem uh, all along. 
Right. But most dogs, when handled like this, if they have some ability to stand, have good feeling and movement in their legs, a lot of the dogs will recover completely or close okay. to it. So good luck to you. Well, thank you. She just This just happened a week ago, and yes. she hates it, and I hate it. And right. But, everybody's like, you know, restrictor movements, and I'm like, have you met her? <laughs> <laughs> but really, really restrictor, yes. I like the Jack okay. Russell terrorist. That's true <laughs> in a lot of cases. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks for your call, Megan. Uh, this is Creature Comforts on MPB Think Radio. Next, let's go to Mobile. Mikey's on the line. Good morning, Mikey. Hey, good morning. Thanks again for helping me out here. Um, I got, uh, I'm going to try to be fast because we're running out of time. Cooler weather. I'm hoping that that's going to help some with the um, uh, massive flea attacks that have been happening. But um, uh, also, um, I ha- my dog is like your JW. Um, he's half Maltese, half um, Chihuahua. He weighs about the same amount as a newborn baby, human baby, or um, a, a gallon of water. Okay. And um, he, he, when it gets starts getting cooler, even now, even though it's only getting down into like the 50s um, overnight, he, this guy, <laughs> he loves... He he comes and asks me to put his T-shirts on him, and when it gets really chilly, he's got a little sweater that's got zero one on it. Okay, with my alma mater's um, uh, colors. Um, uh, are there any problems with the the uh, Halloween costumes in general? His T-shirts are usually Halloween costumes. They go under the sweater from when it's really cold because he's so small. He's small, and he's not. Even though he is furry looking. Um, his fur is not super dense like right. his sister's right. is. I, w- I, w- I would say that as far as, <laughs> as far as the Halloween costumes, ask the dog whether it's embarrassing or not, <laughs> and uh, I wouldn't get too carried away with that. However, certainly uh, sweaters and uh, you know this sort of thing, there's no reason that you shouldn't use those, so that's, that's good. Uh, fleas, on the other hand, we really don't have enough cold weather. Uh, freezing type weather uh, to eliminate the flea population. In fact, they seem to flourish uh, in most cases, and especially I would think in Mobile, all during the winter. So good luck with that, and have a good Halloween. All right. Thanks for the call, Mikey. Uh, Dr. Major, there we left, uh, someone left a message, and you wanted to comment on that. We had earlier had a cat uh, that had diarrhea. Right. Uh, there are various foods, and I was trying to allude to the fact they may have to try different foods. One of the foods that seems to work in some cats is more of a generic food called Propac, uh, cat food. The cats, uh, some of the cats do quite well. She indicated that she had tried Science Diet before. I don't know if she tried the ID, which is intestinal diet food, and then Royal Canin and uh, some of the other foods may work, but uh, she might experiment with those. And see. Usually, though, when you have a food trial, it takes three or four weeks at least to see if it's going to work. So uh, that's uh, we had a, somebody that uh, left us a message about that, which uh, you have to kind of search for the right food. Okay. Uh, let's go next. We've got Eric in Hattiesburg on the line. Good morning, Eric. You're up next. Go ahead. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. I uh, just had a quick question for you. My wife and I adopted a Border Collie mix. Uh, we've had her about five or six years. Uh, we were told she was abused in her past history, and uh, it took a long time uh, for her to even become accustomed to me where I could even get close to her. But uh, now we're, you know, we're best friends. But I, I want to start getting her more accustomed to other people so that she's more friendly. 
uh, out in the neighborhood with uh, other individuals and people as they ride by, you know, with their children on their bikes. And I wanted to know, is it a good idea to try to force into those situations to desensitize her? Or, because if I don't force her, then she's never in that yeah. situation. And, uh, you know, I don't want to I don't want to force her into a, a position where she may bite somebody. Right. But sounds I like do, she, I do want to help her to get over it. Sounds like she had a tough uh, time before you got her. My suggestion would be to get some friends to come over, which you may have already tried. Uh, people that are not talking in a very loud voice or intimidating, and they don't have to even touch her or anything like that just to be around her uh, and then work into more people or people that are strangers. But uh, be careful with her around kids. It sounds like she's nervous, and uh, a lot of times the first thing a, a child, young child wants to do is pat them on the head and that could be serious if she bit somebody. So you need to work at it uh, in, in a slow manner, if you will. There is a behaviorist, uh, canine behaviorist at Mississippi State uh, Vet School, and you might call and uh, set up a conference call with that person. I don't remember the name, but you could ask at Mississippi State Vet School for somebody that could give you some advice and help with socialization. All right, Eric, thanks for your call. Uh, Kathy, we just got about a half a minute left. If you could uh, give us the details again on the Great Delta Bear Fair times and those sorts okay. of things. Uh, it's this um, Saturday, October 28th. It starts at 9 o'clock. It's in Rolling Fork. It's on Highway 61 north of Vicksburg. And for more information, you can go to greatdeltabearfair.org or the Lower Delta Partnership. Or our telephone number is 662-873-6261. All right, very good. So that should be a lot of fun. And then Park After Dark is? Park After Dark is the night before the so- 27th, October 27th. So all of this is next weekend. Right. So, yeah. And that's the combined the uh, Natural Science Museum and the, and Children's, the Children's Museum. So Museum. a big Halloween celebration yes. there. Right. All right. Very good. That's going to wrap us up for this morning. Creature Comforts is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio. Funding provided in part by Wildlife Mississippi, a statewide organization celebrating 20 years of conserving Mississippi's land, water, and wildlife. And from contributions from listeners like you. If you want to hear today's show or previous show, one way to find it is to go to mpbonline.org slash creaturecomforts. Our show was produced today by Java Chapman, and our call screener was Liz Gill. So for Dr. Troy Major, Libby Hartfield, and our guest, Dr. Kathy Shropshire, I'm Kevin Farrell. Inviting you to stay tuned up next at 10. It's MPB's Season Pass. We'll be back next Thursday at 9 for another Creature Comforts. It's heard only on MPB Think Radio.